Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time is most appropriate for you as you are tuning in. Welcome to a brand new day with Stephanie J. I pray that you are enjoying this day wherever you are. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I hope you're rejoicing about it. I don't know about you, but I'm certainly glad to be among the land of the living. And yes, it has been some time. I have been away, but it's been all good. I have been as busy as a bee, as they used to say. It is summertime and it is a very, very busy season for me, but I'm just grateful to still have the opportunity to tap into my platform whenever I am able to. And in fact, I'm not playing my uh, theme song right now. I'm playing an instrumental on my son's SoundCloud page. He entitled this one Dusty is another one of my favorites and it is under S-M-N-S all caps and you can go check out uh, several other instrumentals that he has created throughout the years and so I'm actually taking a break right now. I was out early this morning. It's a beautiful day out. Went out bike riding with my son. Yes, I said bike riding. Um, last week we were out uh, early on Saturday. And we came home in the heat to two brand new bikes chained to the yard. My husband decided to... Um, buy us bikes and it's interesting he had been talking about doing this for some time myself i have not been on a bike in almost 40 years the last remembrance i have of riding a bike was about the age of 10 or 11 and i actually never even really owned a bike of my own but it's been a long time and it had been about a good maybe five or six years since my son outgrew his last bike. And, you know, we kept talking about, you know, getting him a new bike and the seasons would pass. And for whatever reason, you know, we didn't get around to it. But last year, my husband kept saying, oh, I got to get him a bike. And then when we, you know, went to go and select the bike that we were interested in, they didn't have it. And, it just got pushed back. And so he kept saying, you know, when I when I get him a bike, I'm getting you a bike. And I was like, I don't want a bike. What do I need a bike for? He's like, I want him to be able to ride and y'all go on the trails and, you know, him be able to go as far as he wants to go and, and on and on and on. And he would not let up. So finally, he went on and he got these bikes and so we've been out a few times you know and it's funny because it took my son a little longer to you know get familiar with it again and then once he was on and he I mean he has a really pretty um 
mountain bike shocks and gears and all that stuff and i have a beautiful um it's a huffy cruiser real real pretty um real pretty bike but you know um i got right on the bike and it was just like just remember what to do and so it's been great exercise we've been getting out in the mornings um one day we were out like in the afternoon and it was kind of hot but pretty cool rolling around on a bike so I'm enjoying that and so before we got up I had to run out to the store take care of a few things I said hey it's nice out let's go you know bike riding first and we did that and so came back in got some things done kind of studying listening to some word I'm still in school still doing my online classes and just just really enjoying this season of my life. But I was um, looking in the Word. This is about a week or so ago. And I started a, uh, a study about the daughters of Zelophehad in the book of Numbers. And I went on, I was on one of my devices and I did a podcast episode this is maybe a little more than a week ago and then something went wrong and I wasn't able to upload it and then when I did upload it it was still giving me problems so I went on and I deleted that episode so I'm just going to take a little bit of time still in theme with uh profiles women in need of healing and so I just wanted to talk just a little bit about that. And yes, I'm in the house. Once again, I'm waiting on a delivery from Amazon. So normally when I am waiting on deliveries, it gives me time to podcast and blog and do some things that I don't normally have time to do. So I just thought, let me go ahead and just try to... uh do this again and upload that. Now, I can't remember all that I said, and it doesn't matter. I have the word in front of me, my Bible, and the story is found in Numbers chapter 27, actually verses 1 through 11. So I'm just going to read and talk about the five in biblical numbers, five is the number for grace. Thank God for his grace. And uh, this man, Zelophehad, had five daughters. And we don't know a whole lot about him. The Bible does tell us, you know, very little bit about, you know, his death and that, um, you know, we know the tribe that he was from and things like this, but we don't know a whole lot about this man. But this is what takes place in this story with his five daughters. And we also know, if you know anything about the ancient Jewish history, men were very valuable. It was very valuable for, for men to... For their wives to have sons, you know, they were 
to carry on the legacy and carry on the father's name, something that, you know, we women cannot do. And so they were under this era and born in a time when women did not have rights, especially to property, land and and things like that. And we understand even in our time, in our era, all of the, you know, we want, we know about women's suffrage and, you know, uh, women banding together to gain rights to vote and, and all kinds of things that, you know, we understand. But their times and their culture was very different from ours. So uh, his daughters faced a lot uh, at this time, being women, um, not having a right to even receive their father's inheritance. So this is where the story basically picks up. Verse one says in Numbers 27, and I'm reading from my King James Version Bible. It says, then came the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, of the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. And these are the names of his daughters, Mela, Noah, and Hagla, and Milcah, and Terza. And they stood before Moses and before Eleazar, the priest, and before the princess princess and all the congregation by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation saying our father died in the wilderness and he was not in the company of them that gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah and if you're familiar with the story Korah and others rose up against Moses and Aaron you know complaining about their leadership and the Lord dealt with them and um you know so their father died in the wilderness among that generation that died out wandering in the wilderness for you know um 40 years but they're his daughters are saying, you know, you know how he died, but he didn't die in the rebellion of Korah, but died in his own sin and had no sons. So that was the issue right there. The man died and he didn't have any sons to carry on his name. Verse four says, why should the name of our father be done away from among his family because he hath no son. That's a question. Why should the name of our father, you know, just because he had any sons. So we're just supposed to forget about him as if he never existed. He's not supposed to have an inheritance among his brethren because he had no son. So. They said, give unto us, therefore, a possession among the brethren of our father. And Moses brought their cause before the Lord. Verse six, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, the daughters of Zelophehad speak right. Thou shalt surely Give them a possession of an inheritance among their father's brethren, and thou shalt cause the inheritance of their father to pass unto 
them. So we see that because of their courage, because of their willingness to go before Moses and go before the priests and go before the congregation to state their call. See, they could have a lot of times we, not just as women, as people, a lot of times when we're faced with obstacles and situations, we talk amongst ourselves. We talk to other people. We gripe. We grumble. We, we complain about the unfairness of it all. But they use wisdom in a situation. They were wise enough to say, hey, listen, we can sit back and we can talk about this until we're blue in the face. It will not change anything. Talking about it amongst ourselves or complaining to the men, complaining to our relatives, that's not going to change the laws. But there is something we can do. We can go before Moses and a priest and a congregation and state our cause and see what comes of it. So they did. They stated the problem. And Moses, using wisdom as the deliverer, as the leader... He didn't talk to the priest about it. He didn't talk to the congregation. He didn't go home and talk to his wife about it. The Bible says that he brought their cause before the Lord. And the Lord said, you know what? They're right. It reminds me of the scripture in the New Testament in the, in the Gospels um, that says, you have not because you ask not. James talks about it. Uh, the the gospel of Mark the and Matthew uh, talks about asking it shall be given seek and ye shall find they asked and because they asked they received a lot of times I think we get discouraged because we ask for things and then when we don't see it come to pass we get discouraged or when we wait for long periods of time it's like lord what's up i've been asking and asking and asking and there's a scripture in proverbs that says um hope deferred makes the heart sick meaning you've been waiting for a long time and then you begin to lose hope now i don't know how long uh the time frame was before between when their father died and when they went before Moses and the priests and the congregation about this matter, I'm sure some time passed, but then you have to look at what all took place. Uh, even before this, they were grieving. They lost their father. They lost the patriarch, the leader of their family. Now I, you know, as a woman, I don't know what it's like to lose my father through death. I do know what it's like to be separated from my bi biological father, but I do know what it's like for my mother to, to have died and what I've been going through for more than 25 years is 2022. When my mother died, I was 26 and I'm now 51, 51 and a half, actually. And so I do know what it's like to bury a parent. And so these were, um, you know, five sisters. And, you know, it was good that they had one another. When my mother died, I had no other siblings. My brother was killed a few years before my mother died. And so I definitely know what it's like to experience 
heavy grief. And I mean, for years, other loved ones, and I've talked about it, I'm not going to go deep with it here, but it's definitely worth noting. I definitely understand, but here they are and, and we don't get any insight. We don't know anything about their mother or their background or their history, their upbringing. None of that is given to us, but they lost their father. And so now they have to go on and here's the situation where, you know, they would not have by law inherited anything that belonged to their father. And I can relate to that because I know what it's like to not have inherited anything that belonged to my mother, except a few pieces of um her what do you call it? Uh, the jewelry that's not real. There's a term for it that I can't think. Her fashion jewelry and some of her clothes that I really couldn't wear. But all of the all of the good stuff was cleared out, and I didn't get money behind that or anything. But you know what? God has always been there and provided for me and mine. That's my story. So. They would not have been entitled to anything. And in verse eight, we see the Lord says, and thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel saying, if a man die and have no son, then ye shall cause his inheritance to pass unto his daughter. So you see what happened? Because they were bold and courageous enough to simply ask, to, to state their claim, not only did they benefit, not only were they able to receive their father's inheritance, which rightly they should have, they changed the law for all women of that era, that time, and that culture. Because they asked, God said, Yes, they speak right. And not only shall they receive, but if a man die and have no son, that's the change in the law. Now it's going to pass on to his daughter. And if he have no daughter, then ye shall give his inheritance unto his brethren. And if he have no brethren, then ye shall give his inheritance unto his father's brethren. So now it's going through a chain of command. The 11 says that if his father have no brethren, then you shall give his inheritance unto his kinsmen that is next to him of his family and he shall possess it. And it shall be unto the children of Israel, a statute of judgment as the Lord commanded Moses. So now it is a written law. It reminds me of the story in the book of Ruth. And I read this not too long. Uh, one of my online classes is Old Testament survey, where I'm going back through the entire book of the, um, you know, the entire Old Testament from Genesis on the way to Malachi. And so I not long ago did the book of Ruth, the book of Judges and all of this. And, you know, um, and and Boaz, I'm not going to go too deep into it. You can read the story. Most of you are pr probably familiar with the circumstances. Um, Naomi and her husband left Israel and they moved to Moab because of a famine. And 
after about 10 years, Elimelech died and then his two sons, uh, Malin and Killian died and they both had Moabite wives and now Naomi is a widow. She's bereaved of her sons. She's with her daughters-in-law and she decides to get up and go back home. And her daughter-in-law, Orpah, went back after she convinced her, you know, there's no nothing for you if you go with me. So the Bible says she kissed her mother-in-law and she left. But Ruth clave unto her, her daughter-in-law. She she went with her. Listen, where you go, I'm going. Your God's going to be my God. Your people's going to be my people. Nothing but death shall part us. So she stopped trying to talk to her. They went back. After, you know, Ruth went out to get a job, to glean, to provide for them, um, she happens to land in, in the field of a, a man named Boaz, which she had no idea that was a relative of theirs. And it was actually, it was the providence of God that led her to that field. And then Naomi realized what was happening. So she instructs Ruth as the younger woman, what she needed to do to get this man. And as the story goes on, Boaz says, you know, she Ruth goes to him and she says, I want you to do the part of a kinsman redeemer. You're a near relative to us so you can redeem us. You can get our land back. You can raise up the name of the dead. And Boaz said, yep, this is true. But then he was honest. The Bible talks about, you know, the type of man. He was integral. He said, yes, this is true. He said, but there is a relative that's even closer than I am. He said, so I'm going to go and talk to the brother and I'll see if he's willing to do the part of a kinsman redeemer for you. And if he's not, then I will do it. And so they followed the same protocol that's talked about here in Numbers in the book of Ruth. And the story tells you that, you know, the relative was willing. He was really willing to get the land and, you know, buy it off of Naomi and raise up the name of the dead. But he didn't want to to uh, purchase Ruth as his wife. He said, lest I mar my inheritance. So as it went on, it talks about it's, it's not here. And I don't want to get too deep in that. I believe it's like in a 36 chapter where it now talks about the men were concerned that, um, you know, now that women are entitled to an inheritance, the way they did it back then, they kept everything within their tribes. You know, they don't do like we do today. People today, they get theirs and they want to move on. I don't have nothing to do with the family. I got mine. You get yours. You know, I'm getting out of here. I got my condo, my mansion. And, you know, you, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Well, it wasn't like that. God actually always had in mind from the time of Adam and Eve coming down generational wealth, his plan, his provisions, even in tithing. I always try to encourage people study tithing, even in tithing. It was a system to take care of his people, the poor, the widow, the orphan. God always had a system in place for generational wealth to pass down. And so they were concerned at this point. Let me just flip to it a little bit here. Uh, numbers 36. Yes. The heading, it says laws of female inheritance. And so it says 
basically, uh, let me just read a little bit. And the chief fathers from one of the families of the children of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, of the families of the sons of Joseph came near and spake before Moses and before the princess, the chief fathers of the children of Israel. And they said, the Lord commanded my Lord to give the land for an inheritance by lot to the children of Israel. And my Lord was commanded by the Lord to give the inheritance to Zelophehad, our brother unto his daughters. And if they be married to any of the sons of the other tribes of the children of Israel, then shall their inheritance be taken from the inheritance of our fathers and shall be put to the inheritance of the tribe whereunto they are received. So shall it be taken from a lot, the lot of our inheritance. And when the Jubilee of the children of the of Israel shall be, then shall their inheritance be put unto the inheritance of the tribe whereunto they are received. So shall their inheritance be taken away from the inheritance of the tribes of our fathers. So they were saying, listen, you know how we do. We keep everything within tribes. But if they're allowed to now have an inheritance among us, then when they marry into a different tribe, that inheritance is now going to leave our tribe and go into the other tribe. And, you know, we don't want that. They were saying we, we ain't really feeling that. So in the short of it is that they made a law that they were only to marry within their tribe so that the inheritance would remain in their tribes and there will be no transference to other tribes. So that's basically the gist of the story. And so as I stated, you know, and keeping in line with what I'm talking about here, women in need of healing. We know that they went through some stuff. We don't get to see the backdrop. We don't get to see all about their upbringing, their childhood, what type of father he was. And we don't know what kind of sin he died. They said our father died in his own sin, not in the rebellion of Korah, but he died in his own sin. We don't know much about their lives, but we do know that they had to be grieving at some point. We don't know their ages, how old they were when Zelophehad died, but they're now without their father. And up until the beginning of the chapter uh, up until they decided to get up and go to Moses and the, you know, the high priest about their circumstances, they would have been really left with nothing. The only option, the only alternative that they would have had was to marry and then, you know, be taken care of by their husbands. That was the only alternative, but they said, no, why should our father's name be blotted out? Because he had no son. Let us go and ask for our portion. So my message to you, to us today, I'm a woman. I've been through a lot and I know what it's like to be uh, cut out of an inheritance on uh, many different levels, <laughs> many different levels. I know what it's like to grieve. I know what it's like to hurt. I know what it's like to lose. I know what it's like uh, to have relationships break up. All of that. And then some. And I know you. I know what it's like to give birth to children, to rare children. I know what it's like starting over from scratch. I know what it's like 
to go through the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs. I know what it's like not to know what's coming next. I know what it's like to be, and I've, I've read so many other women's stories, and I've, I've gained so much insight and enlightenment and encouragement from so many women who have been through similar or even worse circumstances. And it, it always gives me hope that, you know what? If she went through that, if she made it through that, I believe that I can make it too. That's where we get encouragement. Women in need of healing. Yes, you may be hurting right now. You may be dealing with situations and circumstances right now. As I am, these days you would never know what I'm dealing with. First of all, I'm not broadcasting like that. I'm not talking about it. I'm not focusing on it. I'm not giving myself over to that type of energy. Every single day I get up, I'm up wee hours in the morning. I'm up two, three, four o'clock. Some, some days it's so bad. I can't, I know when I can't go back to sleep. And I just say, you know what? Let me just get up and go downstairs. I sit in my little chair on the side of the table And I turn the ceiling fan on and I get my devices and my book and my Bible and my pens and I set up and I pray for a little bit and I study. I've been doing what the word says in Timothy, study to show yourself approved. I think about 50, 60 percent of my weeks are are dealing with some type of study, be it business, the businesses that I'm doing, um, um, studying the word. There are pe- few people that I'm now following and studying business advice and investing. And I have uh, a stack of books from the library. I have my own books. I am enjoying this time and this season because for many years I was distracted, distracted by issues, not able to do a lot of the things that I was used to or accustomed to doing. And I feel like, you know, just like getting back on that bike again after all these years, I feel like I have my rhythm back. <laughs> it reminds me of that song. Um, I forget who sings this old time R&B song, but it said, Walking in rhythm, singing my song. I used to think they said walking in a river. I don't know why. But anyway, um, my father used to play it all the time. I love that song. But anyway, um, so I feel like I have my rhythm back and my mind is clear and, and I can see. And so when I come up against or should I say when something comes up against me, I don't have to be frantic or upset or cowering because you know what? Like the Hebrew boys, I know my God has brought me through time and time again. My God has come through for me. I've watched him work in courtrooms. I've watched him work in the hospital Um, I've watched him work in financial situations. I've watched him work when the enemy was trying to take me out. I've seen him work. I've seen him change things just for me. I've seen him place me in offices and jobs and situations where they literally said, y'all remember classified ads? Remember how we used to search for jobs, opening up newspapers? I remember sitting on the other end of the table um, in interviews, telling them I, I, I don't have college experience I don't have a degree, but what I do have is, and by the time I finish talking, you know, 
okay, so you got the job. When can you start? I thank God for that. He, he trained me up in so many different avenues. So I've had so many opportunities. I've learned so much. Um, there's a study that I want to get into one day talking about, and I don't know if I will. I have so many things going on, so many different ideas, but how God uses his people and how he will train them up in Pharaoh's household. We talk about the government, the school systems and things. Moses was trained up in Pharaoh's house. Esther went to the palace, you know, uh, Ezra, so many different people. They learn the ways of the heathen or the world to come back and use that to deliver God's people. But that's a whole nother situation. But so I look back on all of that and I look at these women, Zelophehad's daughters. I, I, I can imagine just like Ruth and Naomi, their situation was looking bleak. Naomi was left with nothing. I have nothing. She's, she went back home and they said, oh, is this Naomi? We haven't seen you. That's what my family would be saying if I came home right now. We haven't seen you for years. She said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, which in the Hebrew means her. She said, the Lord have dealt with me. Uh, I forget the word she used right now, but she said, the Lord have basically, she was saying the Lord has been against me. She said, I left full, but I came back empty. And it wasn't long before he turned that situation around. When she left to go back home, she didn't have much to look forward to. She thought she would just live out her old days in a rocking chair while her daughter-in-law took care of it. God had something different in, in place for them, just as he did for the daughters of Zelophehad. His daughter's future looked brighter after that conversation. Now, they still had to wait. I don't know how long it was that they waited. A lot of times we want to snap our fingers and think that it's going to change overnight. It doesn't always happen. But one thing I do know, and I know from personal experience, when God makes you a promise, come hell or high water, I don't care how many devils come against you. I don't care how many have come against me. God keeps his promise. He said his word will not return into him void. And it doesn't matter if it's a law. Listen to me, ladies. Those of you especially who are in need of healing. It doesn't matter who says what about it. It doesn't matter what the laws are. It doesn't matter what your family says. It doesn't matter what your husband says. And I'm not telling you to be um, all out rebellious and disobedient and I don't have to listen to nobody. I don't care what nobody got to say. It's me, myself, and I. I'm an independent woman. All your single ladies. I'm not even talking about that. But what I am saying is just like in this situation, God Almighty has the final say. And sometimes all you have to do is ask. Simply just ask. And sometimes it's in the way that you ask. I know all the years that I've been, you know, my husband and I have been married. We've been together for 15 years now. And there's a way that I can ask him to do something for me that guaranteed not not necessarily that it won't get done, but it won't get done right away. And that's if I ask him something out of anger with an attitude. He'll say, not asking me like that. Now, he doesn't have a problem doing anything that I ask him. You know, if I just ask him, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Yeah, let's do that or whatever. But let me ask him with an attitude. And he's like, mm, try it again. It depends on how stubborn I want to be. There are times when I've, you know, taken the, the low road. And I say, 
I don't need you to do it. I just ask because whatever, I do it myself. And I go out there to do something on my car. And after a while, he'll just come say, here, move out the way. Let me. But I'm not even talking about that. There's a way that you can ask. Even the book of James says, um, you ask and you receive not because you ask amiss. He talks about how you ask for the wrong reasons and things like that. But what, what I'm saying this morning as I'm about to close this out, it is hot in this studio. But... um. What I'm, what I'm saying is, women, we have to learn how to ask. I can't tell you how many times I had so much pride that I couldn't ask. And, and because of that, I went without or I did without or I had to improvise or there were many seasons of my life that I had to struggle because I simply wouldn't ask because it's always a thought with me. Well, what are they going to think? What are they going to say? And and I don't want to have to ask for this or I don't want anybody in my business. Well, it's time out for all of that, especially the day and the time that we're living in. Listen, sis. Listen. Forget about all of that. It's time for, for us to rise up. It's time for us to continue to own our businesses and run our companies and ministries and all of these things that we're entitled to. We're not living under the old covenant. We're not living in those times. We have a right to vote. And I don't know about you. Regardless as to what anybody says, I exercise my right to vote is not so much about the candidates because I'm going to tell you, I'm just telling you, I'm not a, I don't get it. Oh, excuse me. I don't, I don't get into, um, politics and all of that. You'll never, you'll never turn on my podcast and hear me trying to sway anybody this way or that way. I don't believe in any of the candidates. They all lie. They all have an agenda. They all will say, you know, what they need to say to get into office. But the question remains, how much of that that they promised during those campaigns do they do when they get in office? That's a different thing. And then, you know, you get all the scandals and all of that. I don't I don't put my trust in man, not in any circumstance. I thank God I learned how to trust and depend on God. He's the only one whose word never changes. He's the only one that has never left me. He's the only one that has never forsaken me. And his word says he never will. Guess what? God is so dedicated. He's so faithful that he said, even if you make your bed in hell in the book of Psalms, he said, I'll be there. I said, you ain't got to worry about that because that's not a place I'm going. I'm not making no bed in hell. So he said, I'll be with you always. I will never leave you. I put my trust in him. But when I think about all that our ancestors went through, all of these women, Sojourner Truth, I've read her books. My father sent me one years ago. I've looked at uh, Harriet Tubman and different women who stood on the front lines and they fought for our rights and they gave up their lives. So why wouldn't I take an opportunity that these women fought for so that I could, so that I could vote, so that I could express my opinion. These days I vote by mail. I just sent mine in, my early absentee ballot. You know, I take advantage advantage of the things that I can because I remember once upon a time we could not do so. And so you need to be like Zalofa has daughters today. Ask. You're entitled to it. God wants you to have it. He made provisions for it. Why not go and get it? So listen, I'm going to shut this down. 
I have things to do. I pray that you are blessed. Something that I said will help you. And I pray that you enjoy this day and this week. God bless you.